This is a Freedom Church sermon and we are so glad you're listening or watching. Please do check out our website, myfreedom.church, for more information about us, more media and other resources. Listen, every lyric there didn't might not make sense to what I'm about to talk to you about, but the, but the, the essence of it is a million dreams. A million dreams is what it's going to take. And, I, and I, there's one particular line in there that says, I don't care if they call us crazy. I want us to keep that in the back of our mind. I don't care if they call us crazy. I think that we are a church with a destiny. Amen. I think we are individuals with a destiny. And I, and I, want, to, I want you to really take it on board this morning as, as, as I'm talking about you individually too. But, but, uh, but also, we're part of this community, we're part of this family, this Freedom Church family. And, and uh, we, want to be, we haven't been going so long to quit now. <laughs> we, we, we started in 1981, I believe. We were planted out from Bradford in 1981. Something like that. Some of you guys might have been around. Um, <laughs> one hand at the back. Okay. Um, I would have been six, just to, just to throw that in there. Um, some of you wouldn't have even been born. But there we are. Um, but we are a church with a destiny. And last week I talked about trust. I talked about trust being kind of foundational uh, uh, in, in all that we do. That, that really we, we need to trust God. That he is the only, only bedrock upon which we can really build anything. Because, because everything else is, is just like, you know, it's, it's just like sand in the wind. It blows here and there and, and never really lands. Um, and I said to you, I was going to then start getting into uh, this, this phrase we've got for this year, which I'll create something fancy and fizzy up here. Um, stepping out, inviting in. And that has so many levels. But until, before we even get to that, I, I felt very strongly that I need to talk about vision. I need to talk about destiny. Uh, and over the coming weeks I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on that vision thing as well and eventually we will get into talking specifically about inviting in and stepping out but there are some foundational things that we need to we need to put in place and this morning I want to encourage you that's what I want to do I want to prod and I want to poke you but I want to encourage you I want you to 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 help you realize and really understand who you are in Christ and that you have a destiny and you, you are part of his church um, I've read so many articles of late where going, I'm fed up with people bashing the church. What's wrong with the church this week? What's it doing this week? So many books and things and what have you. Well, the church is amazing. The church of Jesus Christ is amazing and serves the world in so many wonderful ways. Why? Because it has forgiveness and love at its heart. And I said to you last year, one of the stats, we, we present as a church, as a church capital C, not us because that would be amazing, but as a church capital C to the UK economy, if you put a value on it, it's over £3.5 billion. £3.5 billion. Community, the community, the, 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 the nation couldn't survive without the church. How about that? Put that in your pocket and keep it there. I don't know what it is. But, and, okay, so... I'm going to be up front and say um, that this, what I'm about to share with you, was inspired uh, by somebody who shared a, 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 from the same verse. And, and uh, it was a, what they call a refreshed leaders forum. And this one normally takes place in Hull, sometimes it takes place in Sheffield, and then they come as far north as Wakefield uh, uh, this time. Oh, I know, do you know what I mean? And, uh, and it's, it's headed up by, um, uh, what's it called now? Revived Church with Jared Cooper. Um, it's, it's called the Revive Church Leaders Network. Anyway, um, 
This guy called Andrew Murray presented a, a, uh, a short word about something. So I want to give him some credit for what I'm about to share. But, but you know, I think I'm allowed to do that. Nothing new under the sun and all that. Um, but I, I just want to put my cards on the table and say he really inspired me. And it was, it was amazing. By the way, Andrew Murray did, uh, wrote a book called Seeing the Church. Uh, which, which I reviewed and, and I think I might have been put on the book table at some point. If you can get hold of it, seeing the church, um, I think you'll be inspired and encouraged as well. So, uh, Andrew Murray. All right, so I've given him enough credit now. Um, let's, let's move on because what I want to talk about, I mean, every year, every year, don't we, we talk about kind of a new season. And, and, and we invigorate one another with, with new things and we go on new diets and we go on new plans and we... we Plan to do this, that, and the other, um, which is all good and all cool. Uh, but, but, you know, it, it's proven time and again that those kind of big plans that are a few months down the line kind of get forgotten and you just settle back into the old routine. Is that true? Do you say that's true? It is true. Well, it is true, whether you think or not, because the stats say that. So, um, <laughs> however, however, I want this church to be different. And I want this year to be different. I want, I want us to... to to, to, to set our stall out right now in these beginning few months of, of 2019 and, and, and we not lose focus and we not lose heart and we not lose uh, vision going forward. Yeah. All right, I, 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 I'm, I'm declaring right now that we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do that as a church together. Last year, last year was, was a good year in terms of um, um, laying that foundation of letting us, we, you know, we need to be bold. You know, that we, we, we're going we're gonna to step out. You make me brave was, was the old thing we had here and that God makes us brave in all that we do and all that we are. And that is true. Um, 2018 um, brought lots of other things with it as well. Some not so good, but we have a good God. And, and we'll trust in him, continue to trust in him, continue to believe in him and continue to, to, to hold him up as, as, as the ideal and what we aspire to and what we want to be through Jesus Christ. Um, one of the things that came out of last year was this, as we're being bold, as, as God's making us brave, is, is that we need to go back to basics in one sense, that, that um, evangelism and discipleship is what the church is all about. Really, really that's it. You sum, it or sum it up. The church is about evangelism and discipleship. No reason to be scared of those words. Um, they're, they're not bad words. They're good words. You know, evangelism, reaching out with people, telling people about Jesus, showing people the gospel through our lives, through who we are, through how we work, how we interact with one another. And discipleship, again, is that as people have come into uh, the body of Christ, that we then connect with them powerfully and, and, and relationally and intimately in, in some circumstances, and, and we disciple each other in a, in a really effective way. I mean, Stu's kind of impetus there for wanting to start that men's group um, is, is that he desires desperately that, that intimacy, particularly between men, because we're pretty, we're pretty poor. Again, the stats do bear, you know, bear this out, that we're, we're pretty poor at, at sharing uh, intimate details with, with one another. Um, we tend to be a bit stoic about stuff, a lot more than women. Again, it's, it's just it's not me thinking that. It's just that's, that's what it is. That's what it's like. That's what, who we are as people. So, so um, that's a form of discipleship. Evangelism and discipleship is, is the forefront of all that we do. Now, the thing that Stu said a couple of weeks ago, and I backed up, was that we can't keep on doing the way that we've always done things because we'll always get the same results. And stu stupidity or madness is, is expecting different results. So we do church the same way, we do outreach the same way, and we expect a different result when actually we're not getting any results at all that we can see anyway, that we can, we can, we can statistically count on our hands and go, yep, I can, I can see the fruit of that. There may be other fruit that we can't see, but you know, to, to encourage us, we need to be able to see results 
of what we're doing. That's, again, that's, that's, that's a truism. So we can't keep on doing things the same way and expecting different results. So I think 2019, that's why I wanted to play that song. Let's, 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 let's the world think we're crazy. Let other churches think we're crazy in, in the things that we step out to do. And let's dream. Let's dream a little. Let's dream a lot, actually. Big dreams, small dreams. Big aims, small aims. It doesn't matter. We're going to do that. Uh, how much do we want? How much as a church do we want God to do amazing things in us and through us? How much do you want that? How much do you want that? You can answer the question. A lot? I'll ask this side. How much do you want that? Do you want that a lot? Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you another chance. Do you want that a lot? Yeah. Come on. We want that both individually and as a church, don't we? I want to do amazing things for God this year. I want to do amazing things for God this year, and I believe he's revealing those things to me, but for you as well, but for us as a church community. So I'm, I'm saying all that to lead us up to this. Now, you've got your Bibles with you, haven't you? Yeah, uh, yes. yeah? Oh, you've got your Bible apps? No. Or whatever, whatever you need, whatever you have. All right, so get them out, spark them open, do whatever. And I want you to turn to Genesis 38. I'm not going to read Genesis 38 because it's enough to make my mum blush. All right, you can read it later. And, and, and discover why I'm saying that. But there's a lot in Genesis 38, chapter, uh, the, the chapter there, that, that um, uh, I'm glad the kids are out if I was to read it, because it's, it's, it's a bit, yeah, makes you blush. Anyway, I've just wrote on here, makes you blush. It doesn't make me blush uh, as you read it. So let's skip down. Let's, let's skip past that bit. Gary's reading it. Let's skip past that bit and, and go to verse 27. So Genesis chapter 20, uh, 38 Verse 27. I'm going to read the, from 27 to 30. Okay, so when you've found that, I, I, I'm going to, I think I'm reading from the NIV. I think that's what I chose for this particular one. Until the Passion Translation does the Old Old Testament, I revert back to the NIV when I don't have that available. So let me read it to you. Now, when the time came for her to give birth, they were twins in her womb. And when she was in labour, one baby, oh no, I'm reading from the Amplified, one baby put his hand out. And the midwife took his hand and tied a scarlet thread on it, saying, this one was born first. But he pulled back his hand, and his brother was born first, and said, what a breach you've made for yourself to be the firstborn. So he was named Perez. Afterward, his brother, who had the scarlet thread in his hand, was born, and he, born, and he was named Zerah, or Zerah, let's say Zerah. Okay, it's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit weird, isn't it? Do you not think it's a bit weird? I, th I think, I think a, lot of, a lot of the Old Testament can be a bit weird. But, but I'm okay with that. There's, there's no difficult passages. There's, there's just lack of, 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 of asking God, what, what's that mean? So, so no, no passage is difficult. But it can be weird. It can say very strange things. And, and we wonder, what is going on there? Um, it's, it, it, yeah. And, and, and this is what... I, if you're a woman, of which some of you are, um, and, you've, you've, and you've had the experience of giving birth, would you not think that's a bit weird? Do you not feel a bit weird? I would say it probably has a totally explicable thing physically, that if it was one baby one way and the yep. other baby the other way, that it was possible that the, the baby was head down 
was ready to come out, and that was the baby who came out second. Hold on. That's you, zip, 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 zip. That's my that's my preach. So let's just let's just. It's good. It's good. I don't want to give it away just yet, but that's good. That is that's really good. And I really appreciate that. I was more talking about the hand going back in. That's 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 a bit. It's a bit bizarre. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, we we had our kids by cesarean section. I say we captured. <laughs> Why did, why did we do that? Yeah, we had it. We, we gave... No, we didn't, men. Men, we, we didn't. We had a hand in it way back. Um, but but, but we, we, we didn't. So, so Kath had a cesarean, so that's a whole different kind of process. Um, but either way, either way, either way, it's, 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 it's quite messy, isn't it, childbirth, generally? Um, and, and, and so I understand, quite painful. Um, and no matter how much medication you get, there is some discomfort and some pain and what have you. And, and I think God did say, right back in the beginning of Genesis, in, because of what happened, you'll suffer more pain in childbirth. So, so, so again, it's, it's, a, it's a painful thing. It's, it's, a, it's a messy thing. I, I didn't want to look at my children until they were cleaned up. <laughs> in fact, with Nathaniel, he pulled him out and, 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 and I waited a few moments, waited for them to do their thing. And I went, do you want to see your son? And I looked and went, No! <laughs> I don't like mess. I'm not good with that stuff. Um, glad I'm not a woman. There you go. So it's 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 a painful, messy process. And 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 here's the thing. Okay, so I'm going to an- an- analogize this this story a little bit. Okay, so so I'm I'm taking what Holy Spirit has inspired me to say about this particular bit of scripture. All right. So if you're okay with that, I'm I'm going to kind of use it in in that regard. Um, Zera was 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 the hand wasn't he? He was the, and, and she put the, the scarlet ribbon around, around his, his wrist. Um, why didn't he follow through? Why didn't he, why didn't he, why did he pull back in? Was, was there something about this story that tells us that sometimes we can't take the pressure of being first? We, we, we're not quite ready as, as somebody who's doing the first thing, or the, you know, in this case, the firstborn, we're not right, quite ready for the responsibility and, 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 and the leadership that this marks us for. Do, do you know what I mean? Because when, when you take it back to the very reality of, of being the firstborn child in a family, that they, they have to experience all the stuff first, don't they? You know, and, and it's a learning curve for parents as they're learning the stuff. You know, knee, bless a little heart, you know, has had to do everything first. And we've had to do everything first with her. And, 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 and there's, there's responsibility. And there is an element of leadership that comes with, with that as well. It's an example setting that, that, that comes with that. Uh, I, was, I was the, la- well, I was, for a long time, I was the, the, the youngest child. And so I was, I was you know, I was, I, I was able to do a lot of things that my eldest siblings didn't and couldn't do. Because by the time they got to me, they were quite chilled as parents. <laughs> and, and, and they allowed me to do lots of bonkers and mad stuff. Um, and uh, so I didn't have that. Whereas Neve kind of has that. In my family, anyway, she has kind of some responsibility, and sometimes that's stress. But you also get some reward for that as well. You know, there's reward that comes with, with that too. You know, she's allowed to stay up later and things like that. Um, but there is a responsibility, and I'm thinking, did did Zara, did he not? Did could he not handle that pressure? Was there something in that? Because if he'd been born first, if he'd come out first 
officially, properly, not just a little bit, but officially, um, he'd, he'd, have, he'd have had all the inheritance of his father's. You know, he'd have all, all the riches, all the blessings would have been his. That, and, and, and it's like, it's like somehow there's something that he just couldn't, he couldn't do it. T taking the lead was so scary that even those things weren't attractive enough for him to be born first. I know I'm pulling it and pushing it here, but, but, but I'm, I'm giving it a bit of an analogy. Just, just despite how attractive all those advantages might be, I'm not ready for the, I'm not ready for the responsibility. But Perez was. Perez, Perez, you are right. He was, he was the, the very word itself is, is breach, is breakthrough. So they were clearly the, the, the way around that you, you said they were. But Perez was like, well, if he's not having it, I'm having it. If he doesn't want it, I'm going to get it. I, I, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to lead. I'm ready to take responsibility. I'm ready to move things on. I'm ready to go forward. In fact, he comes out feet first. He comes out ready to run. He comes out ready to go. And I would say that then, then as, as, let us say that we are a Perez church. Okay? Are we going to take our chance when it's presented to us? Are we going to take our chance when it's presented to us? I believe that the Holy Spirit is really laying heavily on us right now that this is the season for, uh, for growth. This is the season uh, for influence. This is a season for leadership. And we've got a chance. We can grasp it. We can go for it. And that's what a Perez church does. We are to inherit the prophetic call of this season. That's a prophetic call of this season. Maybe I'm sensing it first and you'll catch up, but there is. There's a prophetic call of this season that we are to be elite. In fact, I did say a few weeks ago, didn't I, that we've always been prophesied that we're an Antioch church. We're there to, to send people out. And going first is, is, is painful. Going first means you've got to encounter things that other people haven't encountered yet and deal with issues that other people haven't dealt with yet. A Perez church begins to lead even if it was behind originally. We begin to lead, even if we were behind originally. And what that means, I think, for us is that we begin to inspire not only other churches, but we actually take the lead culturally as well. Do, do you get what I mean by that? That, that? that we're such an example to the world that the culture starts to change because of what we're doing and who we are and the things that we're involved in. Shouldn't that be the case that church does that anyway? But it hasn't been the case, let's be honest. Not for Big C Church, not in so many ways. And it hasn't for us for, for a while now. We've done some nice stuff, some good stuff. And we've, 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 we've seen some people come to, come to faith over the last number of years. But we've not really begun to really change the culture in which I believe that we are, our destiny says that we're going to do. So even if we're behind now, or were, we can take the lead. And if we do that... We will inspire other churches. Don't forget, even just moving to this area inspired a lot of church leaders across this city to say to us, I'm really inspired by you guys, by, by moving from a rich area, in quotes, to a socially, economically challenged area and the things that you've, you've got in your mind that you, you feel you need to do and need to get across. And they were inspired by us. So be, be, you know, smile about that. You know, it's a good thing. A Paris church understands, however, that some things are done in stages. So, so that birthing process, it's not just one event, is it? 
It's not just one event because there's, there's a moment of, of conception that needs to occur. There's a moment of conception that needs to occur. And then, and then there's a maturing of that. Of, let's say there's a maturing of that mission. And then when it's ready, it's birthed. So we understand that things are done in stages. And I think we've conceived some things. I think we've been able to put some things in place. But now we're in the season of birthing many things. We're in a season of birthing many things. Can you say many things? Good. I know that you're listening. That's great. We're in a season of birthing many things. But just like a baby, just like a baby. So you've given birth. Now you've got the baby, haven't you? And he's lovely, and oh, she's lovely, and, and cute, and all that kind of stuff. And let's forget all the messy things, which I didn't like dealing with either. All right? But we don't know what they're going to look like going forward, do we? We, we know that they're... We, the only thing we're, we can sure of is that they've got our DNA, and that they're, 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 for a while they've been shaped, will be shaped by us. And, you know, if you've got that baby, they've been... Sh- so think of sons and daughters, you know. You don't know what ultimately they're going to do, ultimately how they're going to be, ultimately even how they're going to look. May look a little bit like the husband or the wife or the partner or whatever, but but they'll have our DNA and they'll be shaped by the things that we've shaped, we've been allowed to shape them by for so many years. So just like a baby. And that may be some of the missions and some of the things that we birth. You know, we, we birth them with our DNA and we and we influence them through who we are, but ultimately down the line we don't know what shape they might take on or go and do. And that's really exciting. As a parent, I'm terrified about that letting go. I'm terrified about that letting go, but I'm looking forward to that letting go as well. Because that's a healthy thing. You know, if, if church is a family with mums and dads, then mums and dads birth things, conceive things, birth things, and then ultimately let things go to be who they need to be. And that's who we are. Um, Perez, like we said in some translation, is, is written down as being born feet first. So we are ready to run the race. A Perez church is ready to run the race and not fall flat on our face. I'm not suggesting that babies come out running, all right, pushing the analogy, but we're ready to go, feet first. Zerah may, may have been able to withdraw his hand. You know, Zerah may have been able to withdraw his hand, but ultimately he, he couldn't stop the process. He couldn't... <laughs> He had to go, he couldn't stay in this nice, comfortable place forever. And that's the thing with, with Perez. He, he, could, he, he could have stayed in there for a bit longer. I remember Noah, we didn't think he was ever going to be born. You know, it was two and a bit weeks before finally things had to happen the way they happened. Um, but Zerah couldn't stop. He had to go through the process of birth too, and he had to leave that place of comfort. He had to leave that place. Can you imagine what it's like being in the womb? Because none of us can remember. But it must be such a peaceful, wonderful place. Warm and cosy and all those muffled sounds and the heartbeat of your mother and, and all that kind of stuff. But a Perez church, a Perez church is desperate to leave that place of comfort. We should, we're desperate to leave that place of comfort. We're, we should be con- we should constantly desire to keep moving forward, so that the womb doesn't become a what a tomb. We don't want the womb to become a tomb. In a parish church, we keep moving forward. We we have a destiny, but 
what does that destiny look like? How will we be remembered in years to come? Let me talk about this. Perez, Perez isn't really mentioned again in any, any uh, kind of, you, you don't know if he's, if, what exploits he did, what things he got up to, um, whether he, he, he was a famous hero or, or saved a city. We, we don't hear of Perez in that light. We don't hear from him again. But he is mentioned in scripture again. He's mentioned 1,200 years later after his birth in, in Nehemiah. And Perez is from the tribe of Judah. And, and even though we don't hear about what he's done, his life is seemingly so significant that they, 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 they mention him again. I'll read it. It says, from the descendants of Judah, Athiah, son of Isaiah, the son of Zechariah, the son of Amariah, the son of Shep Shephatiah, the son of Mahalel, a descendant of Perez. And out of all the sons of the great tribe of Judah, only the sons of Perez are mentioned. Because they're also mentioned in Numbers 26 and 1 Chronicles chapter 2. And then if you zoom on ahead again, we find him in, in the account of, of Ruth and, and Boaz. The elders of Bethlehem wished Boaz well and the, and with his new wife. And they said, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So now Perez has become what? It's become an expression of blessing. When two people get together. May your, may your family be like Perez. So what has Perez been doing? I, I, I kind of love the fact that he, um, he's significant enough that he's mentioned and he's, he's become a blessing, but we don't hear the stories of, of, of what he did. And you know, maybe a Perez church, we don't need to be in the spotlight. We, we, we don't need, to, if you lead, it doesn't mean that you're famous, you know? just means we're doing what God has called us to do and our significance comes from how people refer to us down the line the legacy that we leave that's what's significant that's what a Perez church is bothered about it's just bothered about doing God's will and not making a name for ourselves God will take care of that down the line now here's the thing about Perez he moves into the New Testament. In the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron. All the way to our Messiah, Perez gets mentioned. What a legacy he has left. What a destiny he had. That you can trace him all the way through the line of our saviour. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I find it so interesting. So interesting that there are no stories of his great exploits. But he's mentioned so significantly in those family lines. And he becomes a phrase of blessing. 
It'd be amazing in years down the line where people just say, hey, be blessed like Freedom Church was blessed. And you know, that we're such an encouragement to people that when people think about us, they think, wow, they stepped out. They led the way. We love them, appreciate them, but they did it with humbleness and love. Because to me, this suggests our, our legacy then. Our legacy, what we're wanting to see, should be a major driving factor in reaching those who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. How significant... Perez had a very significant ancestor. How significant will our spiritual sons and daughters be? You know, if we, we step out, invite in, tell people about Jesus, they get to know Jesus, the Holy Spirit convicts them to accept them as a Lord and Saviour, who will they become? Who will they influence? There's that famous story in there about Billy Graham. Was he a farmer's, farmer's son? Something like that. And, and, and one person invites him to church one day, pops in his truck and he goes to church and, and the rest is, is history, the legacy that he left. Thousands, thousands coming to, know, coming to know Jesus through his rallies and things like that. Wow, that's amazing. Are we going to step up and step into that? It may, be, it may be that as a church we don't change the world in our lifetime. But what about those that are to come after. Those that will, make this, that will make up this amazing church in the future. What will they accomplish? What will they do? It'd be enough for me to know that we've played our part. That we've not stayed content with what we have or what we have had. But we're, we're moving forward in the plans and purposes of God. Who's with me? Who's with me? I just, it, we're, we're at such a crunch time that I, 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 take, I take encouragement for that story of Perez, that we're going we're to burst through. We may have been behind for a while, but we're going to burst through and we're going to lead the way. But that means we do things differently. And you're all wondering, what would that difference be? Well, we'll figure that out as we go on the journey together. But it is a journey we must go on. We cannot stay the way that we have always been because we'll always get what we've always got. We must go on this journey. And for some of us, it will be harder than others. For some of us, it may be, I can't go on that journey. But for a lot of us, I hope, now I'm with you. I'm ready to do anything for Jesus. Who's ready to do anything for Jesus? Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Mike. Because we must, as a church community, not just as individuals. And over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll begin to work out what that is. And the beginning of that journey for us this year was when you all filled in those pieces of paper with, with, with some of your, your thoughts and your prayers and, and your ideas and what have you on them. So some amazing ideas. One thing that did come through um, was, was about destiny was, and, and it, led, it led to this and about vision and, and, and that's going to be clarified in, in the coming weeks exactly what our vision is what our mission well then, therefore that shapes our mission and begins to shape everything else well I'm excited are you excited? 
Wow. Well, I'm done. I'm, I'm kind of finished. I just wanted to, I wanted to drop that in there and, and, and see where we go. I wanted to kind of, you know, say, look, we, 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 we can't stay the way that we've always done things and we'll, we'll, we'll move forward. And so I, want, so I hope that's just planted something in your hearts. And be excited. Be excited. Smile. And, and, and just look forward to the journey that we're going to go on, that we've all got to go on. Um, let's stand together, shall we? Thanks for listening to this sermon from Freedom Church. We'd love to get to know you better if you're not already connected with us. Find out more about us on social media. Just search Freedom Church Leads or email us at hello at myfreedom.church. Thank you.